Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. It's your Accu Weather Forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. The following is an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Call 727-384-6411 for an appointment. Good morning. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Am I on yet? You are on, sir. Oh, my gosh. And we've had the weather and the sports and the news and everything's up to snuff. That's right. The sun is shining and we're looking good today. Boy, did you see that building collapse over in Surfside in North Miami Beach? What caused that? Do they have any idea? Yeah, what's the latest on that? I haven't heard. I heard something about a leaky swimming pool and a couple other things. But Well, there apparently was an engineering report from 2018 which uh, pointed out that there was cracking and spalling. Spalling is when the concrete starts flaking off of the, uh, of the exterior of the concrete columns and floors and decks. And then cracking, and you know what that is, that cracks through. And I guess some of the rebar was exposed. Now, once you have rebar exposed, Ken, then that starts to rust. If you have rebar uh, that's completely enclosed in concrete, then it won't rust, or at least it won't rust uh, at any significant rate. And we we had the problem with the rusting of the rebar and the steel on our um, Skyway Bridge here because some of it was exposed to the salt water. And uh, that, that ate it away. But once iron and oxygen get together, they form rust. And uh, iron oxide, that's what it is. It's rust. So uh, the rebar, once it's exposed, it's connected to all the other rebar. So it just basically starts to eat away at the rebar, which is what gives uh, uh, concrete its tensile strength. You know, the compressive strength is from the concrete itself. Uh, but the bending and, and uh, wiggling strength is from the mixture of, of rebar with the concrete. So apparently this has been a problem. It was noted as early as the 1990s. I think this building was built in the, I want to say the 70s or 80s, um, early 80s, I believe. So it's not a, a new building. And uh, I don't know if there were design flaws originally, um, Perhaps the engineering and architectural companies that design this building are going to be looking at big lawsuits. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but uh, I don't know if uh, I don't know if they're going to find any more bodies or anybody alive or what. I yeah, mean, there's still like 150 people missing and presumed dead, I guess, right now. Well, I think that some of those are probably people that are out of the country right now, um, or they're snowbirds. But that's an expensive neighborhood because that's that's on the same barrier island as Miami Beach, so that's just a mile or two north of Miami Beach. That's 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 a you know that, that's some high end property there. I'm sure those condos started at a million for a, a closet and went up. Yeah, it's very sad that they didn't take care of that building apparently, but we don't really know yet what brought it down. So. No, but I'm I'm guessing that it's a, it was a concrete column that uh, gave way that was cracking and and spalling and it, uh, it lost its structural integrity and you know once you have one column one pier go uh, 
everything else tends to follow. Yeah, do- it dominoes, right? Yeah, yeah it's because it's off balance, you know. Once, once you have uh, a significant amount of weight in a building that's not supported, it's going to pull the rest of the building over with it. So yeah. very that's, sad. Too that's too bad. And uh, what are you going to do, though? I mean, live and learn. Uh, too bad for the families. I hope they find the bodies. If if there are 150, I, I don't know if they're going to be that many people or not, but it's certainly it's a scary situation for, for the families uh, who have loved ones that were living in that building. Hopefully they're not all 150 there. Hopefully they were out of the country or up north or wherever and not in, in not occupying their units there. Yeah, if it were January, probably a death toll would probably be much higher. You're right. Yeah, 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 I would think so, but we'll see what happens, and uh, we'll send our thoughts and prayers out to the folks over there. And, and good job that these uh, rescue guys do. Oh my gosh, the, the demolition crews that come in—you know—they come from all over the country, Ken. It's really amazing to see that. We have the same thing happen when we have hurricanes and all the power goes out. There, have, have, you've seen that. There's there's power crews. They come from all over the United States. Oh sure, yeah, and. Uh, it's just amazing, you know. I, I got a, a crew from Oregon to fix my lines back in '05 or '06 when we had that last big Russia storms. I had to go down the street because I'd been ignored for several days and I didn't have power at the office. So I, I chased down one of the crews. <laughs> they were from Oregon. I said, "Hey, when are you guys coming to fix me? I'm a doctor. I've got a business here. I'm trying to see patients." They said, "Well, Doc, we didn't know." Uh, where are you at? And I pointed, I'm just up the street a half a block. I said, let us finish here. We'll be over. And they came over and pfft, took them about 10 minutes. It's just a switch that got knocked down. And uh, they cut off a few branches and threw the switch back on the pole, and I was back in business. But it's it's really uh, – it's hard for me to fathom how most of the world uh, gets by because they don't have the – resources and abilities that we have to marshal uh, uh, people to come and, and crews and workmen from all over the country and get them here in a day. And uh, it's, it just, it really is incredible. I think that one of the, one of the best ways to look at this is you remember the kids that got trapped in the cave in Thailand last year? Yes. Yes, sir. And uh, I mean, there were crews from the United States and Europe and Australia that were, experts at getting people out of caves rescue crews and they were over there within 24 hours yeah it was yeah. a worldwide event though. everybody jumped in to help on that one yeah but to, you know think if think if thailand had a, a major catastrophe and they needed uh, crews of, of uh, uh, power crews electrical crews uh, to come over i mean how would you get how are you going to get all those trucks over there? And they would, it would they be would, months and months and months before yeah. anybody really got any significant help. I mean, uh, people were yelling and screaming about Puerto Rico after their last big storm. What was that, two or three years ago? Yeah. And But uh, I was down there after the storm. There were power crews all over the place. But it just takes – I mean, you gotta you got to put them on a boat and, and, and ferry them down there, and that doesn't happen. And, and, and probably their equipment, too, and their supplies. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. You got to roll the whole truck onto a ferry boat and supplies and equipment and wire and all that. Yeah, spools. Uh, yeah, spools of cable and uh, then you've got uh, you've got the wire cables to to hold the electrical cables up and uh, 
you got poles. You've, I mean, you got a lot of stuff you got to haul down there. But and there in Puerto were, Rico, you know, there's, there's a lot of areas that are, um, you know, metropolitan, and I'm sure power came on pretty, pretty quickly. But there are a lot of remote areas in Puerto Rico that are tough to get to. Yeah, and it, well, the landing areas are going to be in the big cities, right? Where you have docks that that are capable of loading and unloading heavy equipment and supplies. So obviously, uh, San Juan's going to be the first to, to be taken care of. Well, it's the epicenter of the island. So, and then the old capital in the south, and uh, then some of the smaller cities on the on the coastline. But you have to work your way into the interior. That's right, and it takes time. And you know, it doesn't do any good to go down and repair the lines in in uh, Rincon if there's no power plant that's pumping juice down there. Exactly. <laughs> so you got to take it. You know, you got to take it step by step. There's an order you have to follow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it takes time. So, but people don't understand that. Um, yeah, well, they all want their power back today. Yeah. Oh, sure. And um, you know, if the Republicans are in power, it's their fault that they don't have it back today. And if the Democrats are in power, it's the Republicans' fault because they made the infrastructure <laughs> weak and, and evil. They didn't invest all those years. That's right. They didn't do anything. That's right. Even though it was the Democrats that said, we're not going to vote for your bill because we want it to be our bill. <laughs> so we'll wait till we're in power, <laughs> which is what's happening now. You know, because Trump proposed all these uh, all these uh, plans to improve the infrastructure and the Democrats said, we're not going to we're not going to help you. <laughs> you can take a hike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad, really. Mm-hmm. You know, when are we going to be able to work together again in this country ever um, on a congressional matter? I, I don't know. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, well, I, I have to be careful what I say, but I think that it's, uh, it's ultimately going to be to the bigger people, the Republicans, to uh, cooperate with the Democrats on infrastructure, which is what they're doing now. Are they? they just, but the, the Democrats just threw them a big, uh, a big, uh, big uh, wrench into the whole thing there with the with his uh, with Biden's announcement that both his bills have to move in tandem. Yeah, well, that's a threat. I mean, you know, that's they, they the presidents they all do those threats and then then they cave in and give here and there. But I, I think that the Republicans are are going to. Be pretty staunch about this and say, look, uh, we're all for infrastructure, but we're not for uh, the National Endowment of the Arts and this and that. Let's let's put the money to better use right now. And I think that uh, that Biden's indebted to the liberal educators, et cetera. And so he's trying to get them some, you know, throw them some bones. But the Republicans and there's conservative Democrats in the in the Senate that I think will block this bill if they don't. If they don't like the the way the money is spent, if it's too egregious, too over the board, overboard for uh, unnecessary projects and social welfare projects and expansion of the federal government, I think that we're going to see the Senate shut it down. You know, the Senate shut down the uh, the voting bill too. That's gone. Yeah. So. so I we, I mean, we got fifty fifty in the Senate, and all you need to do is pull one Democrat over with you. And it ain't going nowhere. But neither is, I mean, but nothing's getting done. I mean, that's what's going to happen. I'm assuming that Republicans are going to take back at least the House, probably the House and the Senate in 2022. It usually goes that way. 
Yeah, I hope. And then and then let's hope that they do something. You know, I've been crying for a decade, for over a decade now, for the Republicans to address the national health situation. And I've said this over and over and over again, that I think the best system is a free enterprise system, but people aren't going to tolerate that. You know, they're not, they'll, they won't be able to adjust to uh, negotiating a fee with a doctor for you know, a gallbladder surgery. No, they're not going to. That would be tough for a patient, I would think, yeah. Well, you know, I do it for my Canadian patients all the time. No Uh, kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they say, you know, I want to get a hip down here because I'll have to wait two years up in in Canada. Can you get me a a price? So I go and talk talk with the CFO at the hospital, and he gives me a Medicare price, which isn't bad, and I get the surgeon on board and uh, the prosthesis that you have to pay for, and, and I'll do this for my American patients, too. If they don't have money, I'll get them a self-pay rate. And they're really pretty reasonable. You know, they're pretty darn reasonable. And I've gotten people deals, and they say, are you serious? That's all it is? And I say, yeah. And they say, well, we'll pay cash. You know, $15,000, they come out of pocket with it. Oh, great. Of course, right. I don't get anything extra, which kind of leaves me feeling bad. You feel good because you did the nice thing. I'm a nice boy, and I get cookies at Christmas. Well, that's something, you see. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> what more could you ask for? What more can you ask for? Cookies, and you're doing a good deed. I think that's great. That's all well, you, you know, they could send some warm milk along with it, for don't, God's sake. don't need that pesky money stuff. No, that money just gets in the way of everything. It allows you to do too much and go places and see things and drive a decent car and that sort of stuff, right. which is really not important to somebody like me i'm you know i'm more of i'm kind of like socrates and uh and hippocrates and all those guys i just kind of wander around doing my thing and wear you know old rags and that's why you're beloved doc i'm beloved and i count i count on my my friends and family to to feed me and the wife lets me sleep in the garage she's very gracious (laughs) well at least she got you inside the garage now it's better than the backyard it used to be the backyard (laughs) You know, thank God that this social distancing thing is that I can come back in the house occasionally. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, I'm back since you brought up social distancing and COVID and all that. Um, I've been hearing a lot of stories about hospitals where the folks who are in there now did not, for COVID, are almost like 95% of them did not get a vaccine. So this is obviously working, this vaccine, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think that that it is. And and remember that uh, there's millions and millions of people who got the the virus, uh, who got who got a little bit sick, but weren't that sick. And so they they ended up making antibodies. You know, our station manager, she's got antibodies because she had it. And and uh, our salesman, Steve, I'm sure he has antibodies, too. In fact, I think we checked him. I can't remember. But uh, I had a patient come in. Canadian guy. He's originally from Poland. He's a real piece of work. He's a nice guy, but he's a little little crazy. He doesn't trust. He thinks that the whole COVID thing was invented to make money for the for the drug companies. <laughs> okay. He said, this is just a big plot. Make money. <laughs> like, wow, that's a, you know. At any rate, so he said, I want to get a passport, a European uh, um COVID passport, you know, they have passports now so you can travel in the, in the EU and the Schengen, or however you pronounce it, the uh, 
the consortium of countries in Europe that lets you go from country to country without having to show your passport. And so now uh, you can get a stamp on your, or get a little card or something that says that you're immunized, or if you've had it and you show that you have antibodies, then you're considered immunized. So we drew his blood and he's got antibodies. So there's a lot of people who, who got the virus, Ken, and they did not uh, uh, get sick enough to need any intervention. And they came through it and they made antibodies. So we've probably got 60 to 70% of the population that has antibodies. So we've got herd immunity. I would think at this point we've got herd immunity. But we, we want to be safe and be sure because there's still people getting sick. And uh, so we're, we're still encouraging people to go get the vaccine. And right now it and, seems to be the youngest folks who are not taking that advice. Well, and then you get these scares like the, uh, the there there's a, a myocarditis, a little inflammation of the heart muscle in some of the teenagers that got the vaccine. Now, whether or not it is statistically significant is debatable because it's just a handful. And teenagers, you're going to have a handful of teenagers in the country that are going to get an inflammation of the heart uh, or around the heart, the sac around the heart, pericarditis, or the muscle of the heart, myocarditis. And this is just a fact of life you know they get uh um, what what is it the kissing disease uh the um what is that uh you're the doctor you tell me yeah infectious mononucleosis that cause an inflammation cytomegalovirus that can cause an inflammation and these are diseases that teenagers get so uh who knows and you don't even know if some crazy nurse doped the or pharmacists dope the uh, the vaccine with something. I mean, you know, things happen. And how do you investigate all this and make it absolutely sure that it's caused by the vaccine? I don't think you can. So at any rate, I would say get the vaccine. And I will say it over and over and over again, get the vaccine. I think this is vitally important. And you and I have talked about this uh, over and over and over again. By the way, I am Dr. Bill, and we're pumping out on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, Twitch, Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, my my website, and of course we are an iHeart station. Did you know that, Ken? Um, I did not. We are, and so if you pick up your your uh, your smartphone, and Siri or or Google or whatever, and you say, uh, you know, Google uh, play eight sixty a.m. radio station in Tampa. It'll start playing. That's right. Exactly. And do it with your iPhone, too. You just say, Siri, get this up. And one of my neighbors said he couldn't find me. Uh, he was looking, and his wife said, oh, dummy, just ask your phone. <laughs> so he did, and, and he, he heard me. I said, how'd you like it? He said, I liked it. It's good. I said, that's good. I like you, too. I like people that like me. Well, I'm just glad people are listening. I don't care where they listen, to tell you the truth. I prefer they listen on the radio because I'm an old radio guy. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't mind if they see my pretty face too. My wife thinks I'm handsome, so, uh, but she may be prejudiced a little bit. But I'm still a mystery. They can't see me if they go to your Facebook. See, uh, speaking of prejudice, now listen. Did you know that uh, the National Archives is uh, there? There's a, a criticism uh, within the government and the press that's not published yet of the National Archives that it is a racist. Uh, uh, situation because it 
it praises, uh, or not praises, but it, it uh, honors the founding fathers and the documents that they wrote. Did you know that? I did not, no. And, and the Federal Reserve Bank has also told its employees not to use the uh, use words like founding fathers when they're make when they're discussing things in public and to make any public comments uh, with words like founding fathers uh, because that's uh, racist and sexist because the founding fathers were all white and there's been a, a mythology created about them and that that's not really true that they're that they weren't all that great, and the documents we have aren't all that important. Can you believe that? So they're the founding people now? I, I don't understand what we're supposed to say. Um, I, I, just those old those old white geezers. That, <laughs> <laughs> so I put this whole mess together. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And made it possible for people to say things like, you're a bunch of old white geezers, and we don't <laughs> like you anymore. <laughs> you know, I'm going to stick with founding fathers, if you don't mind, Doc. You can, you can. I will give you permission. Doctor Bill says that if you want to say "founding fathers," you're allowed yeah. to, especially during this show, and on this show. We encourage it on this show. We encourage you to say "founding." Let's all say it together: one, two, three. Founding, founding fathers. There you go. Okay, Sounds now good. we got it. <laughs> so, it's it's out of control. And pretty soon, they're going to say, "Well, you know." White people really aren't relevant. Where are we going to go? I mean, do we all move to Canada or what? (laughs) No, I'm not going to Canada. It's too cold up there. It's cold, and the health care is terrible, and uh, the Canadians are too nice. I mean, you know. Yeah, we can't be that nice. We can't. We don't have that ability. Not all the time, no. No. You know, Ken. And I like our nukes. I don't want to give up the nukes. No, I don't want to give them up. You know, the Canadians can be nice. They can oh they can be nice and they don't have to have a big army or navy or anything you know why they're living next door to us yeah they, they got they got they, their little brother on their southern and western border and they got mom on the eastern That's border right they got, they got the Arctic Ocean they used to have the Arctic ice cap there but now it's just big yeah. bath water up there but oh my God which Russia is trying to claim pretty much for its own lately yeah that's going to be another hot spot pretty soon. Oh yeah, and you know the the the, uh, the Pentagon and the government have okayed selling uh, the Philippines ten or twelve F-16s. I did not know that the F-16 is still in production. Oh yeah, that's a great aircraft. It just yeah. can't, it just can't go in first. You have to follow the stealth. Then you just take everybody apart. Yeah. And so the they're beefing up all the little countries in the area there, and the Taiwanese are getting upgraded and. The Filipinos, and of course, we want to bring the Filipinos back, or the Filipinas. I guess we can't say Filipino anymore because that's male. The Filipinians. How do you say it? I'm, I'm not going to worry about being politically correct in the Philippines. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't want to insult anybody. We may have some Filipinians listening. And the <laughs> Filipinians. I like that. It's got a ring to it. Filipinians? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, why not? So we're beefing them up and. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll we'll help all the little countries in that area. You know, the F-35 has had problems, Ken. Mm-hmm. Did you know? The, uh, the uh, air pressure in the cockpits has uh, gone up suddenly and has burst eardrums and caused uh, nosebleeds and sinus problems. They've had a problem with the uh, night vision. Uh, I guess the, the night vision uh, equipment was uh, having blue and green streaks in it, so they have to correct that, or they corrected it. 
They also had a problem with the radar, the surface radar, when they're looking for targets or rescue uh, on on the water surface that the radar, the footprint was too small. And so there have been a number of things that the F-35 has had to uh, undergo to be improved. But, and and uh, so they're rolling out the F-16s. They're bringing them back until they get the F-35s uh, cranked up. But I did not know that the F-16s are still in production. That plane came out in 1975, I believe. It's a great fighter. It really is. Yeah, and and it's a uh, it's, uh, counterpart in the Navy was the F-15, which was a, uh, a heavier uh, uh, fighter. It was a, probably the most successful air-to-air fighter that we've deployed. You know, it, it, I could be wrong, I, but I don't think an F-15 has ever been shot down. F-15s, not one of them has been shot down. Now, I don't know about the F-16s. I there, think a couple of those may have gone down. but yeah, They're a lighter, more agile plane, but uh, uh, they apparently are, are a real workhorse, too, and they can carry, I don't know, 15 or 16 different warheads. And we're selling the, uh, the Philippinians. We're selling them sidewinders and air-to-air missiles and all kinds of things. So uh, I guess it's a little message, too, to the Chinese that, you can't take over the South China Sea, not without a little fight. <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to start something, it's going to come at you from all directions. Yeah, and uh, so you got Korea, you've got Taiwan, you got Japan, you've got uh, Vietnam. Uh, in, uh, uh, yeah, Vietnam. Uh, we'll probably be selling the Vietnamese some planes. Well, hell, they I, probably got some left over from the would, Vietnam War. Wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me a bit. No. Uh, why not? I mean, we're friends now, aren't we? Yeah, they're 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 working on a pretty good economy over there right now. So, good, good for them. Yeah. So, so we're looking at uh, beefing up the uh, the air defenses in the countries surrounding China, and of course the 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 uh, Koreans, the South Koreans, they've got a, a real high class, uh, first class stealth fighter jet now. So they're they have the fifth. Uh, one that's been developed and deployed and is actually a good plane. They've got some older planes, too. And uh, then you've, you've got India, which has its own Air Force and its own Navy, which are probably the, the third or fourth largest in the world. Their, their Army is the second largest in the world after China. And their Navy, I believe, is the third largest after China. Did you know that? I didn't know they were that big, no. I knew they had a significant yes, armored uh, footprint. I, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, Great Britain still has a larger navy, but they've they've got a sizable uh, uh, military. The uh, India's not they're they're not picking a fight with anybody, but they're not backing down either. That's for sure. Yeah, well, they got Pakistan to deal with too, so they. Oh well, the Pakistanis they don't have anything. I mean, you know, they're they, got, nat- they got nukes though. So. Yeah, but you know, I'm sure the Indians know exactly where they all are and. <laughs> And turn them off with a switch in, in New Delhi. They probably got a switch somewhere that would turn the whole Pakistani infrastructure off. Hey, Doc, look at the time. My goodness, it's time for a cup of coffee. What do you think? Oh, my God. What time you got? I got 9.31 here. All right, I'll go get a cup of coffee, and you go empty your bladder. We'll be right back. <laughs> Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Call 727-384-6411 for an appointment. With SRN News, I'm Michael Harrington in Washington. 
OPEC and allied nations have agreed to raise the production limits imposed on five countries, ending an earlier dispute sparked by the United Arab Emirates that roiled global energy prices. The disagreement, sparked by a demand by the UAE to increase its own production, temporarily upended an earlier meeting of the cartel. In a statement today, the cartel announced that Iraq, Kuwait, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE would see their limits rise. Health officials warn that COVID-19 cases are surging in Senegal as millions in the West African nation prepare for the Tabaski holiday. New confirmed cases have risen in just weeks from dozens a day to a record of 738 on Friday. And the death toll from flooding in Western Europe has climbed above 180. Much of it is in Germany. 110 people died in one state. This is SRN News. Dr. Bill for Bay Area Medical, located at 6399 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Full-service clinic with x-ray, heart imaging, ultrasound, stress testing, and minor surgery. We provide quality health care in a warm and friendly atmosphere. We are multilingual, well-trained, and certified. Most American insurance and new patients accepted. Bay Area Medical, home of can care, 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. With social distancing and sheltering in place, telemedicine is here. Bay Area Medical Home of Can Care Clinic offers telemedicine for new and established patients. You can see me without an office visit. Schedule an appointment at 727-384-6411. 727-384-6411. When it's time for your appointment, type this web address into your cell phone or computer web browser doxy.me forward slash Bay Area Med. A cell phone works well and is all you really need. For computers, you need a web camera and speakers. We'll give you this address when you call for your appointment. We accept most insurances and travel insurances. Canadians and visitors, please call your travel insurance company for an authorization number prior to the visit. Co-pays and deductibles apply. Self-pay rates are available. Just ask. We accept credit cards, PayPal, and Stripe. 727-384-6411. Dr. Bill here. My friends at St. Pete MRI and Sleep Diagnostics are your best choice for state-of-the-art MRI, CT, and sleep studies. Quality unsurpassed. 25 years experience makes St. Pete MRI my go-to imaging center. Self-pay rates are competitive and out-of-pocket cost a fraction of a hospital. Conveniently accessible from both sides of the bay at 750 94th Avenue North, St. Pete, near the Gandhi. 727-577-2220. 727-577-2220. Seize your window of opportunity and join our growing team. Dominic's Blinds and Decor is in need of new sales consultants and installers. Experience is preferred, but we are willing to train the right candidate. If this is what you're looking for, contact Dominic's Blinds and Decor today. Apply online under careers at www.dominicsblinds.com or call 941-922-2345. If you owe back taxes, there's a lot you need to know, starting with rule number one. Don't mess with the IRS. They are cracking down this year by sending out heart-stopping letters, actively garnishing paychecks, levying bank accounts, and putting liens on homes and businesses. That's all true, but it's also true there's a way out. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative, an important government program for tax debt assistance. It's one of the biggest breaks the IRS has ever offered, so now's the time. You could qualify for tax relief that saves you thousands, even tens of thousands. Nobody knows this program like the award-winning experts at Optima Tax Relief. 
relief. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and will fight to get you the best deal possible. Don't mess with the IRS. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 860, The Answer. Online at TheAnswerTampa.com. Odyssey. Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. Intervals of clouds and sunshine today with a shower in parts of the area in the afternoon with a high 91. Tonight, a thunderstorm in spots in the evening. Otherwise, partly cloudy with a low 78. Partly sunny on Monday with a thunderstorm and a high of 90. Plan with confidence. Download the redesigned AccuWeather app today. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Gregory Patrick for AM860, The Answer. You're listening to an encore presentation of Dr. Bill, your radio MD. Call 727-384-6411 for an appointment. And I'm back. This is Dr. Bill, your radio MD. And we're barking at you on AM860, The Answer. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Linked, uh, Twitch, uh, iHeart. And Dr. Bill, your Radio MD, you can go to my website, drbillradiomd.com, and you can hear me or see me or whatever you want on Sundays, 9 to 10 a.m. We also archive the shows, both at the station, uh, so you can get them off of the station's website and off of my website. Uh, If you have any problems, you just let us know, and we'll fix it. So you can hear me if you want to. You can even go to sleep listening to me. Listen. (laughs) I'm... I'm not sure that there are many people that want to do that, but just in case. Now, your your show is so interesting, you could never go to sleep during your show. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Speaking of, of interesting and interest, uh, do you think that we are in an inflationary uh, cycle here or what? what it, it would appear to be. It would appear to be. Now, you know, the... The uh, Asian markets, of course, they get quite upset any time somebody in Washington gets has a cold or gets a hiccup. You know, they're they're worried. Uh, I guess China is picking up some of the uh, slack, but we're still the we're still the epicenter of the world economy, believe it or not. And I know I know that my sisters think that we're a second-rate country, but when we get uh, a cold, the rest of the world gets pneumonia. So. Uh, it's it's something that we have to take a close look at, and there's a, a real destabilizing effect on the world when there is inflation. And every single recession has followed an, an inflationary cycle in the United States and an attempt by the Fed to cool it down. So when the Fed raises interest rates, we go into a recession. Did you know that? Yeah, that's kind of the effect that the uh... – It'll, it'll, yeah, it, will, it will absolutely kill off the housing market, I would think, if they start raising rates. Yeah, and you know who John Maynard Keynes is? Have you heard of him? Yeah, I have not heard of him. Who's that? He was an economist, uh, an English economist in the 1930s, and he did an in-depth uh, analysis of the causes of the Great Depression. And, and You remember the stock market crash in 1929. The kids don't know anything about that now. But uh, we had the greatest depression in, in modern era in the 1930s, and it wasn't until World War II that things really started to come back. And uh, he said that uh, governments need to intervene when economies are faltering. Uh, in other words, uh, money is the blood that flows through an economy, right? And so if you're anemic, uh, 
you take some iron. And if you're really anemic, then you get an infusion of, you get a transfusion of blood. And he said, there are times when you have to transfuse blood into the economy, other times when you can just use a little bit of, of iron, so to speak. And so he developed these economic policies that have become known as monetary and fiscal policy. A monetary policy is uh, administered by the central banks, our Federal Reserve Bank, and what they do is they, they say uh, to banks, we want you to buy uh, some of our treasury notes to lower the amount of money in circulation. So then the banks say, okay, so they'll buy a treasury note, you know, they'll buy $100 million worth of treasury notes, and then the Fed pulls that money out of circulation to slow down the, the growth, to decrease the inflationary uh, spiral. And now when we need money, when we're in dire straits like we were through the pandemic, then they'll do just the opposite. And they'll say, uh, we want to buy those back from you now. We want to buy those Treasury notes back. So we'll give you that $100, million, $100 billion, whatever it is, back plus interest. And so that puts money back into the banks and they can raise or lower the interest rates, which is another way of, of controlling the money growth or the shrinkage of money. So if they want to slow down the money growth, they'll raise the interest rates. If they want to keep the money growth uh, going, then they keep interest rates close to zero. Uh, and when you get that close, when you get almost down to zero for, for the amount of interest you're paying, you, you really don't have a lot of wiggle room there. So the only thing you can do is, is pump more money out by buying back more treasury notes from banks and investors, big investors. And uh, that way you get more money into the economy and you encourage the banks to lend money by keeping their interest rates low because they have to occasionally borrow money from the feds. They, they call it the, uh, the federal uh, overnight fund. So what they do is they say, you know, we're going to be short on our reserves, so we need to borrow some money from you guys. And so the feds say, okay, we'll give you a 30-day note and the overnight rate tonight is one and a half of a percentage point. So then 30 days, they have to pay back one-twelfth of one-half percent plus the money that they borrowed. And so that's how the money moves back and forth between the central banks and the commercial banks. And then the, the Fed can also get involved uh, indirectly through things like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They can buy back uh, big bunches of uh, mortgage notes and that sort of thing. So that's how you get the money moving in and out. Now, the other side of the coin is what's called the fiscal policy. And this is another thing that Keynes uh, decided was important. Is that your phone? <laughs> it was, yeah. Somebody's calling us. <laughs> Somebody's calling. <laughs> Dr. Bill, Dr. Bill, talk to me. Emergency, emergency. <laughs> <laughs> so fiscal policy is the is the the legislative side of it, the government side, you know, not the central bank, but the you know, the, the president and the, and the Congress, they decide the fiscal policy. They say, well, we're going to increase taxes or we're going to decrease taxes. So if you want to cool things down, you can increase, increase the taxes. If you want to heat it up, you decrease the taxes. Um, and if you want to, if, if there's slow growth, then you pass infrastructure bills and you pump out money for uh, projects like building new roads and bridges. So that's the other side of it. So you have the monetary side, which is money from the central bank, and you got the 
the fiscal side, which is the policies of the federal government to uh, tax and spend. And so those are the two things that Keynes brought into the equation, because before that, when the economies would slow down, the central banks and the, the local banks would say, ooh, well, that the problem is that, uh, you know, that we've let too much out and we got to tighten up here. And so they wouldn't lend any money and they'd stop everything. And, of course, once you do that, then the next guy down the road stops. And um, if the if the blacksmith ain't making any money to put on horseshoes, then the, the horses go without shoes. Then the horses can't pull the, the wagons. The wagons can't carry the goods. And, you know, it's a spiral that goes into a, a, a depression. And that's what... Cain said would happen if we didn't learn how to manage our economies better. So that's what we've been doing since the 1930s is trying to fine-tune this, uh, this dance of uh, how much money do we let out, um, how much do we tax, how much do the, suspend, the central government spend. And when you have a situation like we have now where, where there's uh, uh, not the massive production that we need because of the increased demand, the consumption that is coming down the pike here because it's pent up because everybody's been locked up for, what, a year, year and a half? Well, sure, yeah. Everybody wants to get out and do something, buy something, whatever you want. You know, oh, some cash, baby. Yeah. And so do you know that we are sitting on – that, that Americans have saved more money this past year than just about any time in my life that our, our saving reserves are greater than they've ever been. I don't know if it's true or not, but that's what I read somewhere. Well, it kind of makes sense. You couldn't spend it anywhere else. You might as well pay off some debt or put it in the bank, you know. Yeah, yeah. so our, 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 our debt-to-equity uh, ratio has improved, and, and we're, we're better off than we've been. Um, but... Uh, of course, we've had some help from from the federal government and the central bank that they're just giving us money, you know, like the PPP loans. You know what those are? Yeah, sure. The payroll protection uh, program. The great idea. Which, yeah. Yeah, which was little companies like mine that we got we got money out of it, and uh, as long as we spend it on payroll, we don't have to pay it back, which we did. We spent it all on payroll. Well, except for that little trip to Tahiti. <laughs> Well, at least you went somewhere really exciting, Tahiti. That's great. Well, the Tahitians needed a little cash, too. Ah, you brought them a vaccine, I think, didn't you? That was the... Uh, you brought thing. them COVID and vaccine so that <laughs> if things got slow, you know, we'd have business over there. <laughs> then we could sell them. We'd say, oh, you've got COVID now, and so we could sell them the vaccine. There you go. you gotta have a got to have a need first. You've got to you've got to create your own market. That's my. Opinion. So at any rate, the the fear in the in the Asian markets now is stagflation, and you know what that is. That's where you don't have wage growth, uh, but you have uh, increase in the price of goods because uh, there's uh, it's costlier because there's less demand. So the cost of goods, you know, it's a it's an economy of scale. If you make one widget uh, and it costs you ten dollars. Uh, and materials only cost you a penny or two. Well, if you make a hundred widgets, it's not going to cost you much more than ten dollars to make a hundred widgets. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So it's it's an economy of scale. So all of a sudden, that one widget that cost you uh, a couple of pennies in in in, uh, in raw materials, you're going to sell it for ten dollars to cover your cost. But if you make a hundred widgets, you can sell them for 
a buck. And that's a lot cheaper. And so then you have an economy of scale. But if people don't have the money to buy it, you're not going to make 100 widgets. You're going to make one or five or ten. And they're going to be more expensive than if you were making 100. So all of a sudden, the cost of goods goes up. And if people are not making any more money than they were yesterday, then they're in a stagnant situation. And the, the central governments, they don't know what to do because if they have interest rates at zero and they're pumping out all this money, uh, but, but the wages are not growing, and even though it's, uh, the president uh, whispered, you know, raise your wages, pay them more. I mean, it was kind of silly the way he did it, but he's right. The way you're going to get through this is, and the way that it is doing it, it on its own is that people are paying more money, more wages for their workers because now we're competing for them. We want people to come back to work. And if they're making $15 an hour sitting at home, you're competing against the federal government. Well, you, you're going to have to pay 20 or they ain't coming back. And uh, that, that's a real problem. So we have to be careful that we don't enter into an era of stagflation like we had in the 1970s, which just devastated the economy for 10, 15 years. And it took uh, Volcker, the then federal chairman, who said, we're not, we're not putting up with this. And he raised interest rates up to 18% at one point, and, uh, or up to 12%. And for consumers, it went as, went as high as 18 for like a home loan. But it, it stopped the the uh, inflationary and stagflation cycle that had come along. Well, the, the 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 Asian economies are scared to death because they're so dependent on us. Not as scared as they were in past years because there's China, which is coming along and being able to take up some of the slack. But you got to realize now that the Chinese still their wages are still really low. Ken, they're not. Uh, I mean, they're they're a first world country. But they're a poor first world country. Well, that's why all these companies locate there. Yeah, because the, the labor is still cheap, and uh, but they've got their problems. They've got their welfare problems. They've got all kinds of problems. They've got domestic uh, unrest. They, they've got, I don't know, nine or ten provinces, which are the equivalent of states, uh, which are basically uh, countries within a country, kind of like Florida is within the United <laughs> States. <laughs> We're kind of like, you know, we ain't doing that. We are kind <laughs> we, of outliers here, aren't we? Yeah, you're part of the United States. Well, yes yeah, and no. That's right. We're part of the Conch Republic, too. We just like to do what we want down here. Leave us alone. Yeah, and and Texas is uh, picking up some slack and doing some some their some of their own things, and they're going to marshal and police the border because the feds won't do it. So we've got a we've got a big problem with the economy here, and, and uh, there's a debate within the Federal Reserve, the board. You know, there's uh, what five or six different Federal Reserve boards uh, that are part of the bigger board. And there's New York, St. Louis, Houston, and I think Atlanta and San Francisco. I forget where they all are, but at any rate, so. You know, one Fed says, the chairman of the Fed says, oh, we're not in an inflationary, uh, there's no problem, we'll be able to get this under control, it's just temporary. And another one of the governors of the Federal Reserve Board agrees with him, and then another one says, I don't know, I think we better start tightening up here. And so we've got some debate going on within the Federal Reserve Board itself, within the six or seven governors. And uh, th this is, uh, 
I mean, it's good to have debate and it's good to have it out in the open, but th this is also an indication that perhaps we are overheating the economy and we're entering into a, an inflationary cycle and we don't want to get into a stagflation cycle. So we're going to have to do something here soon. Now, the, the, the theory is that the Fed's not going to raise interest rates until 2023. And I've said this before on the show that I think that that's probably uh, in part because some of the Fed chairmen believe that, some of the governors believe that we're on the right economic policy. But I also think that it's uh, going to be some pressure from the politicians that the Democrats think that if they can keep the inflation, uh, keep the uh, interest rates low and the money supply high, that people will vote for them <laughs> in too. I don't know if that's going to work in this cycle. It may. They may keep the House and uh, pick up a seat in the Senate, or they may not. You know, it looks like a lot of people are disgruntled with what's going on with with the Democrats right now. And as long as it's not Trump, they'll vote Republican. Well, it's a midterm election, so Trump's not going to play into it other than to just go out and campaign for people. But uh, Well, historically, the party in power loses seats. So Yeah, they lose seats at the midterm. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty, pretty much because human nature being what it is, you know, you're never going to be happy no matter what the government's doing. If you voted Democratic and they didn't give you, a, you know, a, 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 an orange lollipop as a president, then you're, you're going to vote for the Republicans the next time around. <laughs> I want my lollipop when I vote. And I want it now. Well, I like the way we did it in Kentucky. You got $20 and a pint of moonshine. There you go. And, uh, you know, that way you, you didn't have to go out and buy any, anything. Cause in you Chicago, gotta, you, gotta, you know, got a government job. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> Daily, sure. Daily five times, no problem. Yeah, my kind of. You're you know, our kind of son. Come on, boy. Come on. Come on board. That, that's both uh, fiscal and monetary policy. That's right. <laughs> and good sense in Chicago. Yes. You follow uh, that or you'll, you don't get anywhere. Uh, who was that in the background? Ah, uh, that was me turning my head away from the microphone for a second. Oh, my God. Yeah. I thought someone was no. in the room with you. No, no, <laughs> no. Just you and me, Doc. So we've got this quantitative easing, and this is a form of unconventional monetary policy in which the central bank purchases longer-term securities, like I said, from the open market. So they take cash that, that uh, Congress says they could print, and they take that and they buy back these uh, stocks and bonds from – from uh, people, uh, not people, organizations, big banks that uh, that have uh, previously purchased these to get money back into the central bank. So this is the way they get money out, and uh, this is how it works. It, it's uh, it sounds complex, but you know it, it's actually pretty simple. It's just Peter and Paul, one pocket to the other, back and forth. Sounds like a gigantic balancing act. Yeah, it's it's, it's a it's kind of like a shill game. <laughs> Where's the treasury bill? What what peanut is it? What the shell is it under? And where's the cash? So so you, you got these terms like reserve ratios. That's the amount of money that that a bank, a commercial bank, has to have relative to the amount of loans it makes. So let's say you make a hundred million in loans, you got to have ten million in reserve or something like that. And then the discount rate, and that's the interest that the Fed charges commercial banks when they need to borrow money. It's called the discount rate. I don't know why they just don't call it the federal interest rate, but they don't. 
and then they got open market operations and closed market operations. They're just all fancy words for you're going to pay more for money or you're going to pay less. We want the money back or here, you're going to take this money. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but they don't call me. You know, they. I wish they'd get me in the middle of this because I'd I'd like to help them out and take some of that. Money. I was going to say they don't call you. They don't call you. I just want to see you when they when they want to take the money. Yeah, they only. Yeah, I wish you know. I wish they'd say, Bill, we'd like to, Doctor Bill, we'd like to buy back some of your uh, treasury notes because I've got some I printed up downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> they look pretty good too. Kid. Very authentic, are they? Yeah, okay. That little printing press I bought from uh, from those guys <laughs> down in Mexico seems to work very well. I think the plates for it were made in, in North Korea, so they must be pretty high quality. Well, you've got the whole thing there. you got the whole show, so let's uh, start printing. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's print. Now we are starting to sound like the government. Oh, my God. Are we morphing here? Are we morphing? What is the national debt right now? $21 uh, trillion, something like that? I don't know. $30 trillion, something like That's that. That's an unbelievable number, yeah. I mean, it's so big, it's it, it's it's not even fathomable. And you know what the we Asian throw around com- trillions now, like we used to throw around billions. I know. It's, and somebody said, "Well, we're going to make two point three billion off selling these jets to the Philippines, the Filipinians." And you know what? That's peanuts. I yeah. mean, that's 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 hardly worth getting out of bed for anymore, Ken. That's like I'm one one, one or two print. minutes on the old uh, debt clock that you see on the computer. I am not getting out of bed for less than a hundred billion. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> no, Doc, not at all. Go for what you can get. You know. Oh my God, we've got a mess here. What are we going to do? You can't say uh, founding fathers. Uh, you, you can't steal money from the from the. And and Biden wants to like triple the IRS staff. Didn't we go through this back in the 1990s and Congress stepped in because? Uh, Clinton and the Democrats were just going after conservatives for cheating on their taxes. Did you remember that? I do, yeah. And uh, Democrats cheat too. Oh, no. Independents cheat. Absolutely. You know what my accountant tells me? Hmm. She says, I take care of Democrats and Republicans, and the Democrats all cheat on their taxes. (laughs) See? See, I know. Yeah. And and she said, Republicans generally don't do that. That you're a mine. That's your phone number. Yeah. That's fine. My my dumb wife's calling me. I don't know why. Oh, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> I said <laughs> in the, in the middle of my show. What am I gonna do, Ken? Can't she wait? She you were about three minutes away. She could wait till you come downstairs. I know she could have walked up here and popped her head in the door. And she could, you, a lot of times she'll come up here and and she'll hang me a piece of paper in front of me. You know, you're talking too fast. Oh, oh she's a producer. She's the producer. I didn't realize that. Okay. She's the director, too. So, all right. So I don't want you to say founding fathers anymore. For more insight, information, provocation, and fun, Dr. Bill Handelman practices in St. Petersburg, Florida at Bay Area Medical Can Care Clinic, 6399 38th Avenue North. For your convenience, telemedicine appointments are available. Call his office today at 727-384-6411. That's 727-384-6411. Or visit his website at CanCareClinic. 